Welcome to the Earning the Push podcast. I'm Jack Murley, and each and every week, myself and co-host, professional rugby player Charlie Beckett, cast our eye over everything happening inside and outside the world of professional wrestling in a show by wrestling fans for wrestling fans. Coming up today, will Vince McMahon really step back into the ring against Pat McAfee at WrestleMania? Why is Edge turning heel? How good does AEW's Revolution card look for this weekend? And how Charlie's getting on with a brand new puppy. All of that and more coming up right now on Earning the Push. Remember two weeks ago when I told someone to come and pick wrestling up, they were drunk. Why has someone taken it to an after party? They've picked it up, take wrestling home. They've gone, ha, let's carry on. Oh, I love me some Mr. McMahon on my telly. I love Pat McAfee. I don't love the idea of them wrestling. And here's why I think the promos between them would be unbelievable. They're two of the best. They'd be excellent. Some of the things that we said, and whatever happens on his podcast on Thursday, on the Pat McAfee show, whether it's just an interview like it was with Brock, or whether it's starting an angle like he did with Adam Cole, baby, back in the day, it will be box office, and I can't wait. I cannot wait. The Pat McAfee show is one of my favorite things anyway. He He's just, it's brilliant. That's going to be excellent. I'm sure, even if they're setting up an angle, I'm sure they'll have 20 minutes of good chat before it because he's just too interesting a man to have on a show, isn't he, to not have a genuine conversation with. Mm. My issue is Vince is 76, as you said. He hasn't wrestled in, I think, 12 years, I read. When he did wrestle, he wasn't particularly good. Now, Vince needs to be carried to a good match by a good wrestler. Pat McAfee in his two outings in NXT against Adam Cole and then in the war, in war games was exceptional. It was an unbelievable debut at that um, at TakeOver 30, I think it was. And then war games, he's excellent. Some things he did were unbelievable. But he was in there with one of the best in the world currently who I think carried him to that match. Yes, you've got to be able to do what Pat could, but Adam Cole's obviously designed that match, talked him through it, has led him through that match. Pat would, I genuinely believe, would have to lead Vince through a match and he, he's only had two wrestling matches in his life. It's just a recipe for disaster, I think. Now, we are recording this uh, on Wednesday. Usually we record on Thursday, but this is a Wednesday recording for various scheduling reasons for myself and Charlie. So we don't know what has happened in this conversation. So this is genuine speculation. We'll get back to Vince in a moment, but I have to say I wasn't clamoring at this point to see Pat McAfee back in the ring. I was... I love what he does on commentary. It didn't even cross my mind that a match would be something he'd be entertaining coming into Mania. Yeah, I, I, I agree, mate. And I think he's had two brilliant matches. I don't want him to ruin it. He's had his little foray into wrestling. He was excellent. I think you'd be tough. It'd be tough to find anyone who'd argue he's not the best celebrity wrestler they've had on WWE. Actual performance in ring. You think about the people they've had for actual athletic performance in ring and the match quality. I think he's had the best run with his two matches. I just don't think that would be proved by a match with Vince McMahon. Now, if you were telling me Pat McAfee was going to wrestle Finn Balor at WrestleMania, I'd be like, well, you have to do some storytelling around it to get me there, but I, I bet it'd be a good match. Or if he was wrestling AJ Styles, I'd be like, oh, okay, I can see how that'd be good. Wrestling Vince McMahon, no thank you. And like, like I said to you on text of the day, if they want a Vince-Pat feud, I'm all for it for the promos. Give Vince a champion. How someone fight for him? Now, Austin Theory would make sense because he seems to be Vince's protege at the moment anyway. Now, is Austin Theory versus Pat McAfee going to put bums on seats at WrestleMania? Probably not. 
but throw Vince in the mix and good pros, you get people excited about that. There's a story. There's definitely a story to be told of Vince McMahon versus Pat McAfee. That is a story I'm happy to look at. Just not in the ring. And not in five weeks. And not in five weeks. This is the type of storyline where had there been a slow bubbling build for six months, three months, four months, 10 weeks, any amount of time that wasn't right. We're past the rumble. We need something at WrestleMania. What can we do? Let's throw Pat and Vince into the ring and see what happens. And even if by the time this drops, we're hearing that it's not Vince against Pat, it's Austin Theory against Pat. I still don't really want to see that more than I want to hear Pat McAfee do color commentary on the greatest stage of them all. I have a conspiracy theory. Oh, go for it. I like these. What if Vince is having a good old chat on the Pat McAfee show? It's really good. And the lights go out and the lights come back on and Pat's just been laid out and it cuts to a vignette and Mr. Cody Rhodes has done it. Ooh. Ooh. And we build to Cody versus Pat. Now, I don't know why I think that, but that'd be a cool way to get Cody involved. on a ma- Away from WWE, on a mainstream thing, you want to drag more li- more viewers in, and then Pat just talks about on his show for the next four weeks. And maybe v- Vince either is in Pat's corner, Vince isn't involved, I don't know. But you get Cody versus Pat, and that's how Cody comes to WWE. Well, you found the way to get me intrigued. I won't lie about it because having not been at all fussed by seeing Pat McAfee in the ring, yes, I would I would like that actually a lot because it would show Cody doing that sort of meta thing that Cody does so well. And actually, these platforms, these podcasts where you sort of walk the line between shoot and 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 kayfabe, yes, I okay, all right. I mean, that's not I was gonna say it's not gonna happen. What we've learned over the past five weeks is that anything can happen in wrestling at the moment. Now, one thing, one thing I have to say is not a single person in the world has reported that. I've literally made it up. I was sat last night when I got home from training. I was like, ah, oh, that'd be cool. I don't think it will happen, but I'd enjoy it if it did. What if Vince McMahon and Pat McAfee have a match and what we get is all the bells and whistles you can imagine. Vince with every weapon he can lay his hand on. Because you you said earlier, I'm paraphrasing, you correct me if I'm wrong on this. Did you say that Vince matches have, are never particularly good? Yes, I said that. Okay, see, I have to disagree. I, I for a long time, quite liked a Vince McMahon match. I liked his match at WrestleMania 19 against Hulk Hogan. I liked some of his stuff with Austin. Do you remember that? It wasn't an official match, but that brawl on Raw with CM Punk and Paul Heyman? Yes, yes, I do. I do. I do remember that. Now, you can't tell me you didn't enjoy that, or did you not? It was No, it was entertaining, and his street fight um, at WrestleMania X7 with Shane is one of the most entertaining things you'll ever watch when Linda yes. and all that. It's the storytelling around the matches, though. You look mm. at any Vince match you've enjoyed... I bet you they're normally a payoff to long-term storytelling. Yeah. Does- his, and his last match, if correct me if I'm wrong, was the Bret Hart fiasco. Well, well, and that, I mean, there's a lot wrong with that. Bret, in my opinion, I don't think many would disagree, probably shouldn't have been put in that position. If you're going to put Bret in that position, you don't put him there for that amount of time. That that was not ideal, to put it mildly. Um, you, how do I put this? Do you think WWE is a little rattled 
about WrestleMania and selling that huge stadium two nights in a row. Because you look at what they appear to be throwing at it. Maybe we'll get Austin back if the rumors are to be believed. We'll bring in Logan Paul. We'll bring back Ronda Rousey. It seems like they are tugging at everything they can. Do you think they're a little concerned? I think they're probably for the first time in a long time feeling a bit of pressure from another company. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, AW is a buzz at the moment and you look at the talent that is going there and what they're doing and I'm sure we'll talk about Revolution later, but oh boy, am I excited for Revolution this weekend. That's some show. Right now, This is if you offer me I could watch the Revolution card or what we're getting for WrestleMania, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. I'd go to Revolution right now. Let's that's just, a huge statement. Well, let's just pick up on that because I was looking back in, in our archives for various reasons and it was at Road Rager in July that Malachi Black debuted in AEW. And that, I think, was a turning point where you said, OK, I'll check this company out a little bit more. Before that, there was a sort of I was more AEW orientated. You were more WWE oriented. We like both companies, but that was sort of the split. You really would watch Revolution over even if you could mix both nights of WrestleMania, take your favorite matches and put them on one night. Yeah, yeah, no, I'd watch I'd watch Revolution. Wow. There's. More performers I enjoy there. There's more story feeding into it. As much as we complain at times of the week-to-week storytelling of AEW and it can be a bit sporadic, there are payoffs in the in Revolution. There are payoffs, there are stories. WrestleMania, for me, should be the place where the huge stories get paid off. Well, tell me any big story going into this menu apart from Roman Brock. And that, they've taken a little bit of my interest over the title versus title. I don't like that stipulation. I want to come on to that a bit later because I I have some thoughts on that as well. But let's talk about a story development we saw on Monday Night Raw. Edge's challenge answered by AJ Styles for WrestleMania. Not only did AJ come out, but Edge turned heel. Or at least it seemed he turned heel. I mean, it it was a heel turn. Whether it's one of those six-week heel turns or whether it's a more permanent thing, who can say? But I can't say I saw that coming. No, I didn't see it coming, but, but heel edge is the best edge. Yeah. I yeah. think we can all agree with that. Heel edge, ultimate opportunist edge, concerto to everyone edge is the best edge. And it's exciting to see. And I've just said, I'm not that excited for us to main at the moment. I am for this match. This is too, this is the sort of match you never thought you'd get. This is a drill. When edge came back, this was near the top of the list of things you want to see. Two of the best doing what they're best at. They're great storytellers, great in ring. I think this could steal the show at WrestleMania. Whatever night it's on, I think could steal the show that night. I have to say, much like the Brian Danielson turn, I didn't see it coming. I didn't know I wanted it till I saw it come. And then I thought, you know what? Actually, this is the perfect timing to do it for Edge. Now, I know some people disagree. I know some people were really keen on a baby versus baby match. And frankly, I'd have liked that as well. But the, the promos that Edge can cut, because that time away, his enforced hiatus from wrestling, when he went off acting and, and doing that type of thing, he was always a great promo. He's come back and he's sensational. Yeah, he he's showing the absolute value in some professional acting training I imagine he's had and being in a professional acting environment. And one of the biggest shows in the world in Vikings, Vikings was a huge show and Edge was in it a lot. It wasn't like he was a one-off cameo. Uh, he's showing the the upside and how great it is to bring those bring those skills into wrestling for your promos. And it is one of the legit dream matches 
that WWE can put on. It's one you can look at and you could have said, if you put someone in a time machine 10 years ago, pick them up and drop them here and said, you'll get an Edge versus AJ Styles at WrestleMania. Well, no one would have complained at all. It, it will absolutely deliver. What, what do you want to see from AJ in terms of responding to, to Edge? Do you want this to be AJ trying to chase Edge down week after week? Do you want them to stay apart? How would you book it? It's a really good question, not something I've given too much thought to. I, what I definitely want to say is I need to see that AJ Styles that really has the fire in his belly, the 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 Georgian boy who literally, sort of the badass baby face. I don't want him to turn heel as well and be cheating, but I want him to be badass Southern Southern boy who doesn't play by the rules because he it's right and wrong and what Edge has done is wrong. And we've seen that from AJ at times. Um, so I want to see that again. AJ, I think when he came to WWE, everyone was like, AJ's a great wrestler. He's not a great promo. I actually think he's a very good promo. But I think he's proved that in WWE. Uh, I think you can cut some really good, intense, passionate promos. And then I just want to see them have 20 minutes to tear the house down at Mania. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Now, we don't know what night that's going to be on. But as we head towards WrestleMania, it is a two-night extravaganza in Texas. We know night one will feature at least Charlotte versus Ronda for the WWE Women's SmackDown Championship, Becky versus Bianca for the WWE Raw Women's Championship, and the Mysterios against Miz and Logan Paul in a tag match. Night two, all we know so far, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns unification match and to be decided AJ Styles, Edge, Carmella and Queen Zelina versus Naomi and Sasha Banks for the uh, WWE Women's Tag Team Championship, which I have to say I'd forgotten was sort of a thing. I'll be completely honest. It, it is beginning to build as a card. Um, what do you think about having the two women's matches on the same night? No, what I'd have done. It's an interesting one, that, isn't it? I would have split them. I would have had one main event the first night and one open the second night. Oh, okay. Back to back on different nights. Yeah, because I think I think I actually think in the last few years the opening match of WrestleMania has become the next best thing of main eventing. Hundred um, percent. And I think they will open and close with them on the first night. I think they will open with Bianca and Becky, and I think they will close with Sasha Charlotte. Sasha Charlotte would be a weird one. Charlotte Ronda. That's what I think they'll do. But yeah, I would have closed night night one with Charlotte. Well, I would have closed night one with Becky and Ronda if I was booking it, but uh, with Charlotte and Ronda, and I'd. I would open night two with uh, Becky and Bianca. Because as much as as much as I wanted Becky and Ronda, now that I can't have that, I'm very interested in Becky versus Bianca again. I mean, to give them 20 minutes, 25 minutes to start the show, if I was Charlotte and Ronda, not because of Charlotte's ability and not because Ronda can't deliver, but just because of the dynamic we've discussed on this podcast many times, I'd be very concerned about main eventing a show which is kicked off with Becky versus Bianca because that is going to absolutely deliver. I wouldn't want to try and follow that. And I'm not sure the fans are going to be with you if, if you put that women's match on the same night that you have Bianca and Becky. I, I, it's a tough old spot for Charlotte and Ronda to be in if they are the main event and everything suggests they will be. Yeah, mate, huge. It's huge. And um. I don't even know which one's delivering ring more because all four women are brilliant in ring. So a lot will be, I think, on how the atmosphere is. I think it'll be better for Becky versus Bianca. Oh, those whips from Bianca. Oh, <laughs> I, I is not my area of expertise. Forgive me, it's not your area of expertise as well. The 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 I did. That's, I, that's I, quite pointed. I I didn't. I had to go there, but you know, a big long plat like Bianca Belair has. Who knew it could do that damage? Who knew? The noise it makes when it hits uh, Becky, well, whenever it's hit anyone, but when it's hit Becky at the week on uh, Monday, sorry, on Raw, 
And then the photos on Instagram and Twitter of her cut, they're not, they're not bruises, they're cuts. Mm. The whip has drawn blood. And you see her, she takes about four or five, and then Becky just rolls out of there, gets out of there like, I'm not, I'm not having any more of this. This is hideous. When do you think we'll see the first time of you're not allowed to use your hair as a whip stipulation in a match? Because surely that's got to come at some point. Oh, blimey. I, I mean, whenever Extreme Rules is, that's probably going to be where they try and, and do something like that at Extreme Rules. But yeah, I mean, brutal, 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 brutal. What I will say is, is okay, we may not love the match placement and, and it probably doesn't get commented on as much as it should. The fact that we've got two nights of WrestleMania, one of which is putting a full focus on the women's division is a great thing to see because it wasn't in the grand scheme of things too long ago that women couldn't get a look in in WWE. And sometimes we need to zoom out and go, OK, not everything's to our cup of tea, but finally we've got that sort of progress where it is unremarkable that you've got Charlotte Ronda, Becky Bianca, one of them's clearly going to be in the main event slot and, and it's not worth commenting on in that sense. Yeah, that, that's the sort of actual progress we want, isn't it? That it's not like, oh, well done, you're in the main event. It's like, oh, women are going to main event. Cool. Right, that's the status quo. That's normal now. So yeah, that's great. Um, We're getting a unification match between Brock and Roman. Is your understanding that one title will go away or are we into a Brocky two belt situation? I hope, well, I don't want either, but I hope it's two belts because mm. you take the main, you make, you take a show's main men's title away. It kills the show. I truly believe that. So what I need is whoever wins to be holding both belts and they've unified it by holding them both, but then they can lose one of them at some point back to the other show. Yeah. Because are we in? Because if it's not that, we're in a situation where either the WWE Championship goes away, the Universal Championship, which Roman has built for two years, goes away, or we're getting the WWE World Universal Championship mixed belt. And it's, I mean, I have to say, I we, this was the best program in WWE for a long, long time. And the thing that made it best was the intrigue between Heyman and Roman and Brock. It was a love triangle. And somewhere along the way, that has disappeared in a pretty underwhelming way. And I'm not as hyped for the for the main event on what I will be night two as I guessed I would have been. How are you feeling? Yeah, very similar, mate. Like the, anyone who listens to us knows how much I've loved this for the last six, 12 months. But longer than that, longer than we've been doing this show, I've loved this story. And now at crunch time, at business time, we're just fumbling the ball a little bit. We're not now. All it takes is one great Heyman promo, or a good segment, and we're back. You'll never get me on board with unification. I think it's a useless thing that didn't need to happen. I think we've stolen a WWE title match from two people. I would have had Lashley versus Biggie as my WWE title match, but that's a different story. Feel for Biggie at the moment. Seems like mm. he's now floundering, doing nothing. Um, been moved to SmackDown. No one really said anything about it. Haven't even put the New Day back together. Very, very odd. But yeah, I just feel like we've stolen that and. It didn't need it. This match did not. This match could have happened without any title. You, your story is there, just Heyman. Now, yes, throw the Universal title in there because Roman's built that for two years, like you said, and he, he is the champ. He didn't need the WWE title as well. It's a tough one. It is a tough one. What has gone wrong here? I mean, can we pinpoint any specific things? I, I personally think we can. I think it's Roman having to miss day one miss that match and them having to scramble a little bit. Now, I'm not blaming putting fingers, he absolutely did the right thing in having to miss that match. However, in scrambling to fix that situation, I think they've taken some of the luster off this programme, and I think it would be a different ball game had that match gone ahead and whatever they had planned 
played out. Yeah, I think if 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 Roman hadn't contracted COVID and had to miss day one, I don't think the WWE title would be anywhere near this. I think you're right. Talking though about titles being near people, how good does Finn Balor look with the US title? Oh, thank the Lord. Praise be for Finn. Finally doing something meaningful and back and with Damian Priest. And I mean, I don't understand how Finn and I are the same species. Like, no, I, no, I, I don't <laughs> understand how I am the same species as him either. You look at the guy and you're like, have you ever had a cake? Have you yes. ever had ice cream? It's unbelievable. But good to see him doing something with it. I mean, you still want him to be on Mania. You want that title to be on Mania. You want something yeah. to be on. I want... I know that we say sometimes it, it, it's slingshot booking. Give me a couple of ladder matches. Give me a bit of multi-man fun. One yes, on either night. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, yes. that's what we want to do. Yes, give me some ladder matches. Every great mania has a great six-man ladder match. Let's be honest. My favorite match ever is um, the 31 ladder match with, mm. uh, where Brian wins the Intercontinental title. Like, yeah, give me, give me a match or give me an actual feud for the US title and throw the ladder match for the IC maybe. Just give me something, you're right. But make that US title mean something again. Like, Damien Priest is very good, I think. Yeah. He just hasn't had the story around him. Like, if they get behind a Balor-Priest feud into Mania, I could get behind that as a 15-minute match. That would be good, 10, 15 minutes. But give Balor a run with the title. It's very easy and maybe lazy booking, but it works. US Open Challenge on Raw every week. It's brilliant. If you love professional wrestling as much as we do, there are three simple things you can do right now to help support Earning the Push. Step one, rate and review us wherever you're listening today. Step two, subscribe so you never miss an episode. And step three, share the love on social media to let other wrestling fans know about what we do here. Do those three things for us today and we'll love you forever. And with that said, back to the show. Let's move on to AW Revolution coming this Sunday from Florida. Before we talk about it, I just think it is worth running down this card. All right. Just yes. if you've been living under a rock, this is what AW has got into the kitchen, looked at its ingredients and said, we'll serve this up to you. Jade Cargill versus Tay Conti for the TBS title. Matt Hardy, Andrade and Isaiah Cassidy versus Sting Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara in a Tornado Trios match. Jurassic Express versus Red Dragon versus at time of recording, because we are recording on a Wednesday this week. We haven't seen Dynamite. So they will be up against a third team in a triple threat match. If I was a betting man, it's a Young Bucks, but we don't know at time of recording. Brian Danielson versus John Moxley. Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston. Keith Lee versus Wardlow versus Powerhouse Hobbs versus Ricky Starks versus Orange Cassidy versus one final entrant in that ladder match for a shot at the TNT Championship. Dr. Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa for the Women's World Championship. CM Punk versus MJF in a dog collar match. And Hangman Adam Page versus Adam Cole for the AEW World world championship that'll do yeah it's not bad is it my only worry is it's gonna be too long yes it's gonna be too we're gonna be knackered aren't we because four and a half hours because AEW is not known for um concise matches and i i remember at all out we we had this as a little bit of an issue where it was just a bit too long however that card is and you look at who's not even on that card, but my god, that card is stacked. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, I think you're right. I think the Young Bucks have to be the third team in that tag match. They have to be, and I think Red Dragon, the Young Bucks feuding, will cost them both winning it. I think Jurassic Express will uh, will retain. I think the story there, and I think we're into a long, 
Red Dragon, Young Bucks Feud. I think Adam Cole won the title. I think Kenny Omega will come back. I think we will have the Elite versus uh, the formerly known Undisputed Era at the top of the card. And that's just really exciting if that's the way we go. Even if we don't, it's still exciting. Obviously, I'm biased. I'm going to say it. I would have Malachi Black as the sixth man in the ladder match. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I think he's your one. He's the one big star I think they've got. So he's not on that card yet, apart from the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, who's not here, obviously, at the moment. He's on sabbatical, whatever he's doing. I'd have Malachi Black. I just have him kick people's heads off. I, I think it's a really intriguingly booked ladder match because what they don't have is a huge amount of high flyers in there. What they've got some big boys, some big blokes. I mean, you gotta you gotta love Tony Khan looking at ladder matches and saying, okay, I see the way you do ladder matches, but let's see whether we can have Keith Low, Keith Lee, excuse me, Wardlow and Powerhouse Hobbs in there for a start and see what they can do. Ricky Stark's not a high flyer, nor is Orange Cassidy. That's an intriguing mix. Here's my sleeper match for match of the night if it gets enough time. Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, Women's World Championship. That hasn't, we haven't shown it nearly enough love. That match they had uh, lights out St. Patrick's Day, oh. I think. I know you don't like as much gore no, as but I it do was in brilliant, wrestling. But it was brilliant. And it was, it was brilliant again that it was a women's match doing that. And it, no one was like, oh, that's weird. It was just like, what a match. And like, I love Britt Baker's promo this week. But she's like, you won the match. Why is everyone talking about me? Yeah. Like, I think yeah. I think AEW had an opportunity there to really get Britt Baker over even more than she is at the moment. But here's what I'd say. I think it's time to put the title on Thunder Rosa. I think it's time to switch the belts around and put Britt in chase mode or give Thunder a win because I um I look at Britt and I'm not sure what more she can do if she beats Thunder Rosa clean. I don't disagree, but I do disagree because of what I want to see. I want to see the ultimate power couple sat atop AEW of Adam Cole and Britt Breaker. Britt Breaker, who's that? Bronze <laughs> sister. Britt Baker with their titles just ruling over their empire. I think there's so much fun to be had with that. Now they've acknowledged that they're on, on screen, they are a real life couple. I think there's a lot of fun to be had with that, of a king and queen of AEW. But do you do it now? That's the question, because to do that now, you have to take the title off Hangman Adam Page. Oh yeah, get rid of it. I'm impatient. I'm an Adam Cole fan. I, I, if Adam, I will be upset if Adam Cole doesn't win the title this weekend. Now, really? Yeah, that's not because I think it's the right time for him. That's not because I think Hangman's bad. I just, I'm a bit in love with Adam Cole, aren't I? I want him to win the title. I want him to win I, the title and never lose it. Uh, well, okay. Well, let's assume that doesn't happen. <laughs> but just, just take that hat off. Put it to one side. Is it the right time for Hangman Adam Page to lose the title? Because having seen that promo, and as I say, we're recording this this week before this week's dynamite but the last one we saw that promo from hangman adam page i think he's got to keep that belt a little while longer yeah of course it's not the right time if he was wrestling anyone but adam cole i'd be advocating that he won and won convincingly but i just want adam cole to be champ that's the thing if i'm being honest either result as long as it's a good match i won't be upset with i could see why they do both both would make sense there is story and there is pay in both how much blood will there be in Brian Danielson versus John Moxley? I cannot wait. I cannot wait for that. Now, look, okay. I mean, I'll answer that question. I think there's going to be a bucket load of blood. And I think they shake hands with two bloody hands at the end of it. I think that's going to be great. How would you structure this card? We spoke earlier about where you put Bianca and uh, Becky versus where you put Charlotte and, and Ronda. I look at this card and I think, I don't know 
you could make an argument for kicking off with Danielson versus Moxley. It's always good to kick off with a ladder match, that triple threat tag match you could kick off with, start strong with Darby and, and Sammy and Sting. I mean, it is, I don't even know where you begin. I have zero idea. Like you say, there are so many good options. I think Paige Cole will main event. I think Baker Thunder Rosa will semi-main. I think they'll go with their two title matches, their last two. Apart from that, I've got no idea. Literally no idea. If you're, if Tony Khan came to you and said, Jack, I need you to shorten the card, yep. what would you get rid of? I was just thinking that. I think for me, um, fairly easy choice, Chris Jericho against Eddie Kingston. I would probably lose. No, I would lose that. But I wouldn't lose it to do it down. I'd brand the Dynamite after yeah. Revolution. And, and make it a big main event that people would want to see. I'd lose that one. Uh, I would probably, at a push, lose uh, the TBS title match because I, I like Jade Cargill and Tay Conti, but I don't think it needs to be there. I'd probably lose the Tornado Trios match. Yeah. And here's what I would do controversially, and just hold your tongue before I say this. I'd put a hook match on there. I've asked you to shorten the card. Hear me out. A hook match as a palate cleanser between two of those big matches that are going to go long. Say, I don't know, looking at it, Brian Daniels and John Moxley is going to go fairly long and CM Punk MJF is going to go fairly long. You could squeeze in a five, 10 minute hook segment from challenge to him coming out, to him beating someone up, to him going back just to give you a chance to breathe because one of the issues AEW has, and it used to be, I think you'd agree, an NXT takeover problem, is you used to have 25-minute matches full of false finishes and you were getting a lot of the same. Tell me a hook match in between one of those wouldn't be a good way just to reset things. No, 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 to be fair, it's it's a very good point. I, I see your point. Who would you have him face? It doesn't really matter, does it? I mean, no, I would, I would They're losing. Him. They're going to lose, aren't they? I, I don't even know if I'd do it as a match. You know, that segment they did with QT Marshall. Good, on, that, wasn't it? I enjoyed that. That that could easily have gone on a pay-per-view. Just not because I think, and again, it shows your trust in Hook. So, um, Could he be the sixth man in the ladder match? I think he could. I wouldn't me, want him to be. I wouldn't want him to be, but I could see them doing it. Slowly, slowly wins a race yeah. with Hook, I think. Nice and nice and just just nice and easy with that young boy. That sounded really creepy. Easy, we'll on. easy steady, Jack, steady. CM Punk against MJF. Who's coming out on top of that? Really good question. I think MJF does. I think I think he goes 2-0, it's done. I, th I think whatever we see in this, I think even if CM Punk wins, you have MJF move on. I think you have him move on to different things. Yeah. I would be very content to see MJF come out on top, deny CM Punk a rematch, have, have Punk maybe go away for a month, maybe yeah. just, just take some time away, and let's get into Hangman Adam Page versus MJF for that world title. Let's see whether now is the time to do that through the summer. Yeah, I, I don't hate it at all. I absolutely see that. Now, as I keep re-emphasizing, we are recording before Dynamite, so we don't know. But what we do know is that Tony Khan has promised another major announcement for AEW. You will know by the time you listen to this what, what it is. And maybe it is a major announcement. Maybe it's a new TV deal. Maybe it's a huge stadium show. Maybe it's a huge signing that will make this podcast seem obsolete. He does love a major announcement, Charlie. Are you excited by whatever this one could be? I mean, I haven't heard any rumours as to what it could be. No, I, I'm not. He does major announcements all the time. I just want it to be a show in England. Come on, Tony. Come to Craven Cottage. 
if it is Craven Cottage, I would be, I mean, I think we all know we'd be there. Us, a load of listeners, we would be there. Could you imagine the atmosphere for a Craven Cottage oh, show for AEW? What's going to be in there? What, about 40,000, 50,000 in there if you get the floor done in Craven Cottage on the pitch? Yeah. Unbelievable. And I First believe they show. It. Yep. Oh, yeah, absolutely. First major wrestling show in England for, what, three or four years now? Well, major show, hang on. If they made it a pay-per-view, which I think they would, they'd call it like uh, British Blitz. That's a terrible name. Don't use it, but you know what I mean. That'd be our first pay-per-view in England since 1992. You'd fill it. I mean, we've had the UK ones. We've had the No Mercy one night only. We had a takeover as well. I I don't even think it needs to be a pay-per-view. Make it a three-hour dynamite or something like that. I'll go Craven Cottage on a Wednesday night. Yeah, absolutely. So look, and, and this is what this is what Tony Khan does. He makes us believe, but we don't know what it is. Whatever it is, you will know by the time this comes out. We will reflect on that next week, as well as all the fallout from uh, Revolution. Do not sleep on that card. If you're tempted uh, to skip it, you'll, you'll get your money's worth. Uh, right, let's do some fantasy booking. We were booking Cody Rhodes arriving in WWE. You sort of alluded to yours earlier. Do you have more to do on that? I have the way I do it in a more realistic front. It's very brief. Okay, um, you, you do it. I, I would have Roman win at Mania. I would start the Raw after WrestleMania with Roman Heyman coming out. As he's about to talk in the, into the mic, I would have Cody's music hit. I would have Cody come out and challenge him for the WWE title. And I would have Cody win that WWE title fairly quickly, maybe the next pay-per-view, and take it back to Raw and send Roman back to SmackDown. I'd split the title straight away again. I think it gets the title split, which we need again. And I think it makes Cody a main event star, which we need him to be in WWE. I like it. I like, and I could see it happening. I could definitely see it happening. I see it happening more than my one. So hear me out. On here my we go. I booking. love, I love a ridiculous Merly booking. Well, wait for it. So here we are night after WrestleMania, Vince McMahon, we assume doesn't face, face Pat McAfee, or if he does, he's fine. And he comes out and in that Vince voice, he says, it's time to shake things up in WWE. And he declares that for one night only, Monday Night Raw is an open house. Anyone from anywhere can show up and get a contract if you impress Vince McMahon. It's a night to show up, show something, and get yourself noticed. It doesn't matter if you're an old face, a new face, but you have until Raw goes off the air to get there and make an impact. So we we know we're getting surprises. Oh, and impact, a little teaser there. Maybe they're turning up from TNA. So in the first hour, we see the return of Ember Moon, who takes out Class. Bianca Belair. She lays her out, goes into Vince's office. Vince nods at her. She signs a contract. Then in that hour, we get a complete randomer. We don't know who he is. He could be anyone. Big lad from the Performance Center. It's Charlie Beckett. Charlie Beckett. Imagine turns- that. That will get some listeners for the podcast. Charlie turns... Let- yeah, sod it. Let's do this. Charlie- I'll, go on- I'll go on wearing a branded T-shirt. I'll have this branded. <laughs> okay, let's-, let's tweet this book. And Charlie turns up with his branded Earning the Push mug smashes someone on the back of the head from behind with the mug, walks into Vince's office. Vince nods at him and signs a contract. Hour two, Josh Alexander, formerly of Impact Wrestling, turns up, lays out Finn Balor, walks into Vince's office, signs a contract. And we're even having people jump ship from SmackDown. So Shinsuke Nakamura turns up, signs a contract. It's surprise after surprise. That's what we're doing here. We're really building up. And then at the end of the Raw, we end with the commentators with one of those classic Vince walking down the corridor, getting ready to come to the ring and end the most chaotic, dramatic, open house Raw has ever known. And as the graphic is shown saying up next, 
bang, Vince is flattened from behind by Cody Rhodes, literally as the camera's about to cut away. Cody beats up Vince, however much Vince's 76-year-old body, which is still better than my body, but he's 76, God love him, however much he can take. Throw him into a wall, slap him down, beat him bloody, and then he signs his WWE contract in Vince McMahon's blood. And that ends the open house on Raw, and that's how Cody Rhodes turns up. How exciting would that be? Who's like anyone could turn up? That'd be such an exciting Raw. That'd be class. I like that a lot. And it's got jeopardy. It's got the idea of a clock, right? You you've got yeah. two. You've got three hours. You could now is your chance for the whole year round, and it makes Raw after Mania yeah. a way to look at it. So uh, look, that's how we did it. We did yours last week. I have a suggestion for topics for the next couple of weeks if you'd like to hear it. Unless you've come prepared. <sighs> when do I ever come prepared? Hit me. I would like your top three no chance in hell moments. These are the moments you never, ever thought you'd see in wrestling that actually came true. The moments where no chance in hell actually happened. No chance. That's all that you've got. Okay, yeah, I'm ready for that. I'm ready for that. So that's what we'll be doing uh, next week and the week after. Uh, Let's do everyone's favorite part of the pod, uh, earning the push and back to developmental, something from everyday life you love and you want to raise up and something from everyday life you hate and you want to send back to developmental. First or second, Mr. Beckett. I'll go first. Earning the push for me is my puppy Otto. <laughs> oh, this is no surprise to anyone. He's a little angel dog. He's the most clever, the most handsome, the goodest boy there's ever been. No so one's dog can compete. Remind folks who are, who are new listeners, this has been a couple of weeks in the making. Mm, yes, we met him five weeks ago and we part of the money we didn't have to bring this dog home because you, no one goes to visit puppies. You don't go and look at them and go, no, I won't take one of them home. Um, and he came home on Sunday. And he's just brilliant. He's an all-black German shepherd. Anyone who follows me on any social media will have seen far too much of him already. And you're going to see more. I'm not going to apologize for it. Um, And he's brilliant. He's been a little bit of an angel. He slept through the night every night. He hasn't cried. He's getting the hang of toilet training. He's a very, very clever little boy. And we just love him. And we're we're starting a little family. And it's all very exciting and happy. And yeah, I love him. He's brilliant. He has the biggest paws of any puppy mm. I've ever seen. And you said, forget the paws, look at the ears. I mean, the mm. boy is going to be, if he's eating you out of house and home now, I don't know what the next few years are going to have in store mm. for you. But we like a big boy in this house. We're okay with that. We're yeah, okay, okay with that. But as a developmental this week is Otto, my puppy. Ah. Um, <laughs> oh, he's hard work at times. Uh, one story to sum him up. Uh, it was... Uh, what time was it? it was about half 10 in the night and he woke up from a nap it was pitch black outside and pouring down with rain when he wakes from a nap i've got to take him out because he needs a wee so out we went i had my head torch on because you can't see him in the garden otherwise so i got my head torch with a big coat on we were in the garden for 25 minutes getting soaked he would not go to the loo to the point where he was just sat by the door looking in and i was like right you don't need a wee then let him in he walked right into the, middle of the room looked at me and just weed <laughs> and honestly at that point i was like you're you're going back we were taking you back we had the first morning i had him we had a very challenging morning we set some boundaries it got to he was up at six and he didn't sleep again until about four uh, about four hours later at 10 and i was sat with a coffee at about quarter past 10 sat on the sofa going what have i done just knackered like i don't know how people have kids i have to say i was surprised 
not to see him in the room with you because you had forewarned me that he was coming. And I did think that there might be a couple of times in this recording you'd have to get up and, and, and just go and check on him. But he is a very good boy. Yeah, he's downstairs in his crate currently and he hasn't cried once. I mean, I've got headphones on. He might have been wailing and I haven't heard him. But no, he's actually very good. He's That's one that's been very lucky with this. He's, he loves his crate. So he takes himself to his crate for a nap and stuff. So that's really helped us a bit. But I will go down in the next 10 minutes when we finish. He's been alone for a, just under an hour now downstairs. So he's going to go, I'll let him out for a wee and then he's, we're going to do some serious playing. Okay. I am uh, sending back to developmental pancakes in a bottle. Because yes, we- make your own batter. Yeah, we were cheap last night because we had to put up um, a wardrobe. In fact, the wardrobe is behind me now. It seems reflecting the natural light from my bedroom. Yes, so I've been glad, doing this. I'm glad that it's got uh, some nice cuddly toys of dragons and avocados on it as well. They are not my choice, but um, <laughs> it's it's it seems to be reflecting the light in the room. Um, anyway, the point is we put up the wardrobe last a night. Very nice looking wardrobe I saw on social media. Oh, cheap as chips, mate. Cheap. Have you ever hung a door on a wardrobe? No. It's not easy. It's okay. not, and also. The social media is, oh, we put up a wardrobe. What we didn't see is the moment about 10 minutes in, Ryder strop and said, just, are you going to listen or not? And then I yeah. went downstairs. So Good. anyway, because we put up the wardrobe, we were too cheap to make actual pancakes. We got pancakes in a bottle. Not particularly good, not easy to flip, no good, didn't like them at all. So back to developmental for them. Earning the push, the FA Cup, and more specifically, the concept of the FA Cup, not because it's been uh, any great joy for me as a Spurs fan recently, but there is something magical about the idea that lower league teams can play higher league teams and that anything can happen in sport. And at a time when we're seeing um, lots of franchising and lots of people questioning the, the concept of promotion and relegation in various ways and forms, I love the idea that we still have a competition where a minnow can get their moment in sport. So for me, the FA Cup deserves a push. It deserves to be preserved. It deserves to be looked after. It is still the most magical sporting competition. And I think it doesn't get the props it deserves. So the FA Cup for me. I couldn't agree more. And I love knockout cups of that. And like I could have very easily given the push to my... As much as you're having uh, issues as a Spurs fan at the moment, my beloved Liverpool getting their hands on the first trophy of the season this weekend, but Otto dominated everything in my life, so I didn't actually see all the match. Yeah, I will. I actually, do you know what? I want to give a, a little push to poor Kepper as well, the Chelsea goalkeeper, who who really was thrown under the tough. bus. It was a tough one. He shouldn't have gone <laughs> on, should he? But imagine, imagine, take the humanity how sad we are for him out of it. Imagine being subbed on for the penalty shootout not saving any of the 11 penalties and then missing yours. Firstly, you're the athlete. Extraordinary mental acuity and and physical toughness for all the penalty takers who score. Amazing. But but Kepa must about seven penalties in have gone, oh, I can see where this is going. Yeah, this isn't good. I can see where this Uh, is going. Well, the thing is, if you watch it back, he should have saved, sorry if you don't like football, this is very boring. Uh, He should have saved Canates before the keeper took it because it was not a good penalty. He got a full hand to it. My favourite one, was when he stood on, as we look at it, the left-hand side of the goal, going to Virgil van Dijk, kick it to the right, it's open, I can't get there, so all his weight is going to the right, and Virgil van Dijk just goes, nah, mate, and leathers it about half a metre from his head, he can't get anywhere near it, and then just stares him down like, no, 
Yeah. And I have to tell you, as as someone who is now playing a lot more five aside and got walloped in the head by a football on Sunday, if that had connected with Kepper in the head, he would he would be out now. He would still be unconscious. Yeah. So um Kepper gets a little bit of love, mainly the FA Cup. Uh, right, okay. When we meet next week, we'll be doing no chance in hell moments. We want three moments for you, please, of the wrestling moments you couldn't believe happened that actually did. And we'll be talking about AEW Revolution. Genuinely, Charlie, any chance a title comes off Hangman Adam Page. I think there genuinely is a chance. I think there genuinely is just because of how popular and brilliant Adam Cole is, genuinely. I, I, as much as I said, I don't think it's the right time, but I could see why for business, they would want Adam Cole as their world champion. Well, we shall see. Uh, it is in the books this weekend. We will be talking about all of this next time out uh, here on Earning the Push. Rate, review, subscribe if you've not done it already. Follow him. He's Charlie underscore Beckett. I'm Jack underscore Merley. We'll see you again next week here on the podcast. Until then, thank you very much for listening. Mm-hmm.